Hello, hello, welcome, and thank you for joining the Confessions of a Military Spouse podcast. We are your hosts, Jenna Burt and Candace Gomez. Jenna is a military spouse of 10 years, a mom, a registered and certified dental assistant, and a certified phlebotomist. Candace is an active duty military member of 17 years, a military spouse of 13 years, a mom, and a student. Again, we just want to say thank you for being here with us today. As always, we highly encourage you to share our podcast. We also appreciate any and all feedback. So if you would like to leave us some feedback, please feel free to email us at confessionsofamillspouse at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Confessions of a Millspouse. So today um, we are going to be talking about a topic that um, I feel like people are very opinionated about, or not maybe opinionated, but they feel very strongly about, and it's usually one way or another. And um, it was actually a listener request that Candace had brought to my attention. Um, And because it is something that Dustin and I have experienced, I figured that I would go ahead and talk about it. So today we are going to be talking about recruiting duty. Yeah, it was actually from a listener. Um, I just pulled her name up, but her name's Kylie. And she just said, have you ever thought about doing a podcast about spouses dealing with recruiting duty? Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, recruiting duty. So <laughs> um, like I said, people feel very strongly about recruiting duty. Like I think if you ask anybody about recruiting duty, like they're going to have some sort of feelings about it. And it's, it's going to be one way or the other. Um, to my knowledge, when you mention recruiting duty, not many people are like, yes, let's do that. Um, (laughs) I know when my husband got orders to go on recruiting duty, I definitely was not super gung ho about it. Um, it definitely was not, uh, something that I was super excited about or jumping for joy about. Um, but now why though, (laughs) um, I, that, you know what, that's a good question. Let's start there. So I think the reason, and the reason for me, and I'm really glad that we're actually talking about this because, um, I feel like I have a really different perspective on recruiting duty. So when we went on recruiting duty, Um, we just heard all the horror stories about the late nights, the early mornings, the constant phone calls, um, the parents of the police contacting, um, you know, I'm not going to lie about it. All of the craziness that happens between recruiters and police and, um, you know, the shadiness that goes on in recruiting offices if they're not run correctly and, um, I just heard so many negative things that it was really hard to go into it with a positive attitude. And I feel like that's what most people hear about recruiting duty whenever they hear about it is just all of the negativity that comes with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's hard to go into something I feel like with a positive mindset when the only thing that you've heard about it is all of this negativity. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But the reason that I'm glad that we're talking about it is because, as I said earlier, I think that my perspective is a little bit different um, than most people. And I kind of want to shed this light on recruiting duty that I don't feel like many people talk about. Um, we actually had, dare I say, a really good experience on recruiting duty. Like, it almost feels wrong to say that because people talk about it so negatively all the time. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) as crazy as that sounds, like it kind of feels wrong to say that. But it, um, a good experience doesn't make it less challenging though. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, I will be honest, you know, some of the things that people said about recruiting duty were true. Um, actually probably most of them, um, there was some crazy stuff that went down with some of the recruiters and the poolies. Um, Dustin's phone was literally going off 24 um, seven. When you say we, between recruiters and pulleys, you mean like, like uh, inappropriate relationships? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, definitely inappropriate relationships. Um, <laughs> I don't even like, that's just the beginning that I know. I feel like there was probably a lot more that happened. Um, and you know, inappropriate relationships can go a bunch of different ways. Like it can be a sexual relationship, but then it can also be like providing alcohol to a minor type of situation. Sure. Yeah. Um, just things that, that shouldn't have happened. Um, and like I said, his phone, that was probably the worst thing about the whole situation was their phone. Everybody gets a phone. And um, I don't want to say that it's required that they have it on 24-7, but they are trying to make a mission. Um, Yeah. One of the things that I will say that Dustin always, I guess, griped about is that it was always, you know, okay, you made mission this month. What's happening for next month? Um, and so it's this constant game of almost like chasing something that you're never really going to get to the end of it, I guess, is kind of the best way to describe it. It's almost like a hamster on a wheel. Like you just keep spinning and spinning and spinning and, and, you know, like what is the end game? It's never Um, enough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's never enough. Um, and I mean, the end game is that three years whenever you're done. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that seems but like that whole three when you years. start, it seems like it's never going to end that three years. Absolutely. And that yeah. whole three years, I mean, it is literally grinding all the time. Yeah. Um, I remember him getting phone calls at two, three o'clock in the morning from his poolies um, that have, you know, gotten in trouble for drinking under the age, you know, they've gotten a minor possession and now they don't know what to do because they realize they've probably screwed up, you know, the only chance that they had to get out of any situation that they were in. Um, and you know, Dustin wanted to be supportive, but at the same time, he's like, dude, it's three o'clock in the morning. I can't do, I can't do anything for you right now. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. What what are they, what is he supposed to do? Be like the knight in shining armor and come get them. Right. Um, so I will say like those things were definitely a challenge. Um, obviously I guess my situation maybe was a little bit different too, because I worked full time. 
Um, and I will say that was probably one of the things looking back on it now and thinking about it now, um, had I not been working full time, I think I would have gone absolutely crazy. Um, so I, I do think that working full time definitely helped me out. Um, because I was able to keep myself busy and focus on my own things while he was doing the same. Um, and when you're on recruiting duty, so you go to, I'm trying to remember this correctly. So you have an RS, which is like the kind of like the main hub. And the then recruiting you have, station. Yep. And then you have RSSs, which are like the branches off of that, which are the offices that the recruiters work in. The substation. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and then from there, you're assigned, you know, high schools and different cities and things like that. And Dustin, I mean, some of his high schools were almost two hours away from his recruiting office. Where were you guys recruiting at? So we recruited out of St. Louis. We were um, RS St. Louis, which was nice. Um, I will say that was probably another advantage that we had because we were only about an hour and 15 minutes from home. Um, but with me working full time and obviously him on recruiting duty, working pretty much seven days a week, like we didn't really go home as often as people probably would think that we would have, um, just because, you know, we were busy and we had our own lives and, um, but knowing that they were close was nice. And I can tell you there were some weekends that I would just go down by myself because I was tired of being at home alone. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things we talked about too, right? Like we've talked about in a previous episode, like, you know, when you come home, maybe we haven't talked about this specifically, but like when you go home, you know what I mean? Like if you're that close to family, there's also nothing stopping them from coming and seeing you. um, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, so like I said, I worked full time, which I definitely think helped me out. Um, I feel like a lot of people that I talked to on recruiting duty did not work. Um, they were stay at home parents or, um, you know, just part time or working from home or whatever the situation was where I was physically going out. And when we started recruiting duty, we also did not have any kids. Um, and I think that played a huge (laughs) factor into it. Um, you know, we did end up having Ella when we were on recruiting duty, which, was amazing. Like I could not have asked for a better place because our families were so close and they were able to come out and help us and be there. And, you know, his mom was at the hospital. My mom was at the hospital when she was born. So that aspect of it was, that was amazing. Um, and that's a cool opportunity to have everyone there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we didn't really even plan it like that. That's just kind of how it happened. And it definitely worked out the way that it was supposed to. And like I said, it was, it was amazing. Um, the hours I will say though, for them on recruiting duty, I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's like seven 11, they're open 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I mean, they are just going all the time. I mean, I remember going to the mall and him having freaking business cards on him and handing them out to people. And I'm like, are you, this is what we're doing right now. Yeah. And he's like, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because again, like it's, you have to make mission. Like yeah. you have to get these people in and you have to, you know, recruit these bullies and, 
I think whenever he was on recruiting duty, the Marine Corps in general was at a time where they were trying to get their numbers up. Um, and so I feel like the pressure was maybe a, a little bit more. Um, but I, I will say their office had an amazing team. I don't know how they did it. I probably don't want to know how they did it, but they always <laughs> made missions. That's good though. Cause you know, a lot of places struggle with that. And then like, if they're struggling with that, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a good thing. Right. So yes. like, I think that too can drive a lot of the difference. I think when you're dealing with situations like that, when you're in small units working with a small group of people, it's important that everyone gets along. It's important that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And in this case, making mission, you know what I mean? Like that really drives some of yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I will say like they leaned on each other like family. And I, like you said, I think that made a huge difference because if one of the recruiters was struggling, like they had no issue going to another one and being like, Hey, do you have someone that you can put in, you know, and I'll make up for it next month just so we can yeah. do what we need to do. And that, like I said, they always pulled through, always pulled through. Yeah. Um, so while, yes, the hour sucked, I mean, there were days that he was up at three o'clock in the morning and didn't come home till midnight. Um, I went to bed by myself quite a bit. But on the flip side of that, because I was working, I met two of my very best friends um, that I'm actually going on vacation. Well, I think when this episode comes out, I'll actually be on vacation with them. <laughs> um, <laughs> my our days are so messed up right now. I <laughs> know. Uh, oh, that's pretty much like recruiting duty too. You never really know what day it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I met two of my very best friends when we were on recruiting duty that I have remained friends with for this whole time. I mean, it's been 11 years. Yeah, 11 years since he started recruiting duty. So um for that aspect, I'm so thankful because I'm like, had it not been for recruiting duty, I would have never met these people and I would have yeah. never had this relationship. And ironically enough, um, they're identical twins and dental hygienists. So one, you know, we obviously understood <laughs> each other's daily life and we worked in the same place. So we always had the same gripes and we could always complain to each other. Um, but for two, yeah. like their husbands had pretty demanding jobs as well. And one of them, like he would get up super early. Um, he would have to work certain weekends. Like he had a pretty hard schedule. So it was nice for all of us to be able to lean on each other too. Um, because even though, you know, they weren't on recruiting duty, they were still dealing with the struggles and challenges, um, of just unique schedules. Uh, and then it actually ended up that one of the twins got pregnant. I got pregnant six weeks later, and then the other twin got pregnant six weeks after that. Um, <laughs> so we all ended up <laughs> you having sound like babies. me and my cousins. We all do right? that. Like we're two months apart. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny <laughs> because that, that was not planned at all. Uh, but it ended up working out so well because, um, after I got pregnant, like, I think a week before I had Ella, maybe even like the week I had Ella, we ended up, Dustin and I ended up moving and we ended up moving like five minutes from one of my best friends. And so after I had Ella, I ended up not going back to work simply because daycare was too expensive and I would have oh, literally God. been, yeah, 
I would have literally been working to put her in daycare. And I was like, yeah, that's just not worth it. Plus we only had, um, she was born October, 2012 and we were PCSing in November of 2013. So we only had about a year left and I was like, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, so they had Fridays off. So literally every Friday I was over there. Um, and they're the type of people where you can just go over there, sit on the couch. You don't have to say a word, like let the kids play, yell at each other's kids and, you know, drink wine and life is great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so as far as that aspect, um, I think that's part of the reason that I had such a positive experience with recruiting duty because I was able to put myself out there. I was able to make these connections and I learned relatively quickly. Um, and this is probably going to sound super harsh, but I learned relatively quickly that I couldn't wait on Dustin. Um, you know, if I wanted to go do something, I either did it solo or it probably wasn't going to happen because he could say, Oh, you know, it's going to be an early night tonight. I'm going to be home at six o'clock and, 7.30 rolls around and he's still not home. Yeah. And 8.30 rolls around and he's still not home. Um, So one of the biggest things that I learned was to just not wait for him to basically live my life. Um, And it sucks because, you know, there were things that we were doing that, of course, I would want him to be involved with. Um, But he and I also sat down and had a conversation about that, you know, because he thankfully understood that it sucked for me to just work and come home and be by myself and not get to experience anything. Yeah. Especially so close to home. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why some weekends I would go home. Um, Other weekends I would stay there and go out with my friends or, you know, do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and I will say Dustin made really good friends on recruiting duty as well. Um, he still keeps in contact with a lot of them actually. Yeah. And you know, we were young when we were on recruiting duty. Um, that was 11 years ago and I just turned 33. So I was like 22 years old, I think. Um, so we were young, Yeah. but so our lifestyle was definitely different than it is now. That's why I said, if we had kids, I think this situation, Maybe it would have been a little bit different, but, you know, I I really don't know because I would have had Ella to take to the zoo and things like that. Instead, I occupied my time making friends and drinking. Um. So when you had Ella, though, did that make it easier or harder? Um, in some aspects, I definitely think it made it easier just because I had somebody there all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I had to focus on her. So even though I wasn't working, I still had my focus on something else. But at the same time, she was a newborn and she, you guys, I love my kid, but she was awful. She was, I mean, just, she just screamed all the time. Yeah. I I took her to her pediatrician. I took her to specialist. I mean, I legitimately thought something was wrong with her. Um, and that was hard because at the time, which looking back now, I realized it, but at the time I didn't know I had postpartum depression. And I remember there was a time that I called Dustin and I said, she will not stop screaming and I cannot handle it. 
and you have to come home. And if you've ever been on recruiting duty, like (laughs) you can't just drop what you're doing and come home. Like it doesn't really work like that. Um, Thankfully, he was able to come home uh, because by that point he had been there for like a year and a half probably. Um, And again, he basically had family there and he was able to get somebody to cover for him. Um, And he was able to come home and help me. But those times were so limited. So a lot of times it was just me and I had to figure it out. And it was hard. It was so hard because she cried so much. Yeah. I remember that. I, oh. yeah. And I remember it's funny. Cause I remember, um, I remember Chris being like, Joan's having a hard time with the baby. And of course then like, I didn't really understand. So Ella is a year older than Rosie, I think. Right. I think yeah. She's yeah. So, you know, at the time I was like, okay, I mean, it's a baby. Like, I don't, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Well, first of all, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I, I can't relate whatsoever. Secondly, like, that's horrible. I would, I would literally like throw my head through a wall if that were me. You know what I mean? Like just a constant, like not having a solution and that's exhausting. Right. So it's exhausting to do on your own and like not have a partner. Yes, exactly. And I remember, um, like two times that really stick out to me, Dustin was home and we couldn't get her to stop crying. And I called my mom and I'm like, mom, I don't know. Like we literally don't know what to do. Like we're about to take her to the hospital because she won't stop crying. And she was like, put her in her car seat, take her for a drive. She'll fall asleep. Nope. Screamed the whole time. She hated car seats. Yeah. Um, And then... (laughs) Emma, yeah. hate, Emma hated the car seat with Rosie that worked with Emma, not so much. So I feel that pain. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you reach out to these support groups and ask for help and every single suggestion that people would give just didn't work. And like yeah. you said, you're exhausted. Most of the time yep. you don't have a partner. So it's like, how do you handle that? I mean, here we are like eight years later, but, yeah. um, yeah. and then the other time that I, so distinctly remember is being in Walmart and Ella was in her car seat in the stroller and I was in the wine section because clearly I needed (laughs) wine and she was screaming her head off and at that point I was like you know what I don't even care anymore like just cry if you want to cry just cry and I remember like grabbing a bottle of wine and I was like, okay, like we're leaving, let's go. And some lady had the audacity to turn around and look at me and say, it's about time. And I was like, she did not, she did not. But at the time, I mean, I was struggling with Ella. I had postpartum depression, like it ripped me apart inside. And I walked away and I just started crying and the sweetest little lady followed me up to the checkout line. And she was like, I just want to tell you that I heard what that woman said. And she had no right to say that. And she said, I'm so sorry. Um, I understand what you're going through. Can I please give you a hug? And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you know, I went home and I told Dustin, he was like, okay. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. (laughs) No, (laughs) not at all. Not at all. But again, I think it helped that I had friends who had just had babies six weeks before me and six weeks after me. Um, So they were experiencing a little bit of the same thing. And I had them to mostly rely on because they were on, they took a really long maternity leave. And 
Yeah. Um, you know, so I had them to rely on. And like I said, I remember just times where I would just go over there and just, we would just put the kids down and make sure they were safe. And if they were crying, they were crying as long as they were fed and changed and, you know, all of the necessities were met. And we just sat there together. Yeah. <laughs> like, how the hell are we going to figure this out? Yeah. And like I said, here we are. Um, you just can't sometimes. No, not yeah. at all. Not at all. And, you know, one of the <laughs> other things I think that <clears throat> really helped our recruiting duty experience was that Dustin got amazing opportunities. And I don't know, this is one thing I cannot say about other places, um, but he had amazing opportunities. And what I mean by that is that he was able to um, go to football games and do like NFL football games and do color guard. He got to go to hockey games for free. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that he got to do was that he got to do color guard for the world series. Um, and oh, that is that's like, cool. yeah, that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And yeah. I mean, being from the St. Louis area, like we're St. Louis fans. Um, so yeah, we yes. grew up going, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Anybody who knows us knows, uh, like we have like a whole shrine in our, uh, corner of our kitchen, but um, yeah. we just, so being able to experiencing, experience something of that magnitude was just amazing and something that he would have never, ever been able to do had he not been on recruiting duty. Did you um, go with him to that stuff? Girl. <laughs> no, that is still yeah. a sore subject. Like, so sore because they couldn't get extra tickets and like standing room tickets were like $300. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not paying $300 for a standing room only ticket. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was just amazing things that they got to do. Um, I will tell you with those opportunities though, if you're not careful can really come downfalls because when you're in a situation like that, um, I guess I can really only speak for Dustin and the experience that he had, but when he would do, cause I mean, he did color guard for regular games too, but anytime he would do color guard, whether it's football, um, baseball, if he was at a hockey game, wherever they were in uniform, people were constantly mm -hmm. buying them drinks. Their mm -hmm. drinks were never empty ever. Um, and <laughs> one of the things that I heard about recruiting duty is that a lot of people turn to alcohol, um, as their way of coping basically. And after three sure. years of coping with alcohol, you can become dependent on it. Um, so a lot of people walk out of there as alcoholics, sadly. Um, yeah. and then when you have these types of opportunities on top of that, um, I feel like that just kind of adds to it. And, you know, thankfully Dustin is mostly responsible and <laughs> there's a story that goes yeah, with yeah, that, yeah. but th <laughs> thankfully he's mostly <laughs> responsible and was able to control it and didn't walk out an alcoholic. Um, he definitely drank way more than he ever has probably in his whole life when he was on recruiting duty. Um, 
but there was a specific time that he did color guard for a baseball game. I was pregnant with Ella. Um, so I was already mad that he was going out without me. And yeah. he was like, okay, I'm going to call you whenever I need a ride. And it was like 11 o'clock at night and I had not heard from him. And I called him and I was like, bro, like, where are you? I'm tired. And he's like, 30 more minutes, 30 more minutes. I think like an hour and a half went by. And he calls me and he is just distraught. And I'm like, what <laughs> is going on? I mean, like he's downtown with a bunch of Marines. They had just gone to a baseball yeah. game. The baseball game was clearly over. I'd watched it on TV. Okay. So I yeah. obviously know. <laughs> like you can't pull that one on me. Uh, so I obviously know like they're at bars, drinking, having a good time, which that's fine. Just be responsible and, you know, make sure you get a ride. Um, yeah. And he calls me and he is so distraught. And. I'm like, where are you? And he's trying to tell me. And I'm horrible, number one, with directions. Number two, driving downtown St. Louis scares the crap out of me, especially as a female at like one o'clock in the morning. Pregnant. Um, Yeah, pregnant. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he finally gets out that when he was at the bar, he lost his wedding ring. Oh. You did not. I... I literally hung up with him and one of the guys that he was on recruiting duty with, um, had a roommate who was a Navy recruiter and we had all become really good friends. And I called her and I was like, um, I'm gonna need you to go pick the guys up because I'm not. And she was like, okay, where are they? And I was like, honestly, I have no idea. And at this point I don't really even care. (laughs) And she's like, what is going on? And I told her and she was like, Ooh, yeah. She's like, okay. And so he comes home. It's probably like three o'clock in the morning. And he this he tries to go upstairs <laughs> and go to bed. And I was like, uh-uh. Nope. He literally goes over to the couch, falls face first, full dress blues and everything, and passes out there. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> like I said, there was definitely a lot of good, but there was also some negative that came with it. And you know, unfortunately, we did have some friends that definitely fell victim to the stereotypical recruiting negatives of, you know, inappropriate relationships with pulleys or alcohol or drugs or um, just, you know, they can easily become a shell of themselves when they're yeah. on recruiting duty. And yeah. some of the best pieces of advice that I try to tell anybody that's getting ready to go through recruiting duty, number one, go into it with as positive of an attitude as you possibly can. You know, everybody's going to have their own story. And just because they have their story doesn't mean that has to be yours. Um, And it ends. Yes. 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 Yep. And this is your story. This is your time to basically write your own story. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what I really tried to do. And you know, keep yourself busy for the love of God. Just keep yourself busy. I don't care what you're doing. Like if you want to go pick weeds in your yard every day to keep your mind off of it, that's fine. If that's what makes you happy, just don't sit at home and wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to be waiting forever and it's not only going to make it miserable for you, it's going to make it miserable for them. And they're already going to have like, they are stressed beyond their max. Um, And be supportive. Oh my gosh, I cannot tell you the amount of spouses 
that I would interact with that were not supportive of the fact that their husbands were on recruiting duty and they were so negative about it. And like, I just, you know, can't believe, and they would give their husbands such a hard time. And, you know, maybe their husbands were trying to avoid them. I don't really know, but in the back of my mind, I just kept telling myself, like, if he could be here, I know he would like, yeah, at work is not where he wants to be. And me being mean to him about that isn't making the situation any better. Well, I think, you know, they want to work during the day, but certainly at, you know, 11 o'clock at night or three in the morning, they certainly would much rather be at home in their bed next to their spouse than out on the street recruiting or taking a kid to MEPS or whatever yep. it is that they're doing, you know, or answering their phone, you know, like, yeah, certainly um, there's a, there's a, there's a point sure where they don't, where they want to be at work, but also like they, everybody reaches a point where they're just basically done with done. that. Yep. Yeah. And just for what it's worth, like we didn't do recruiting duty. We did drill. My husband was on the drill field. Um, for what we'll it's get worth, into like, that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for what it's worth, most recruiters that I know didn't choose to go recruiting. No, no. They were, they were told, they were voluntold. <laughs> this is what you're doing. Do it or see you later. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 It's not like they're like, Oh, sign me up. Um, and you know, one thing I will touch on is that Sunday was MEPS day for his specific station. I don't know if that's everywhere, but Sundays was the day that they had to take the recruits down to the station and basically get them ready to ship off. Um, yeah. And that sucked. Because that's most, I think that's everywhere because you spend about a week in receiving and then this is just boot camp, a Marine Corps boot camp. I don't know about other services. So right. yes, you, you would go like the Sunday before, then you do processing and you travel and then you spend three or four days in what they call receiving. And then you have black Friday where you get picked up with your actual drill instructors. So that's, I'm almost positive that that is everywhere. Like Sunday, Monday is the day. I think so. I think so. And so, yeah, it sucks. Like middle of the day, they're having to take their recruits, you know, to get ready to ship off. Like it sucks. But at that same time, like enjoy that time that you have with them. Like, okay, you know, Sunday afternoon at two o'clock, he's going to have to leave. They're going to have to leave, whatever. You have all, you have up until that point to enjoy that time with them. And if you spend that time angry and upset that it's a Sunday and they have to leave for the afternoon and they're going to be gone for, you know, a couple hours, it's not going to be enjoyable at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can spend your time mad if you want, but it's not enjoyable for you. It's not enjoyable for them. And it is literally only going to make your time on recruiting duty that much worse. Yeah. You know, so enjoy your time. Get out there. Put yourself out there. Try and make friends. Honestly, I know it sounds silly, but try and make friends. Keep yourself busy. Be supportive. You know, it is, I feel like wholeheartedly it is possible to get through recruiting duty and not hate it 100%. Would I want to go back? Uh, no, but (laughs) (laughs) like we got our been there, done that. Like we're good. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to go back, but at the same time, like if they came to us and said, Hey, you got to go back on recruiting duty. We'd be like, okay, like we've been through it once we can get through it again. 
this experience is going to be even more different than the last, but how can we make it that much better? Yeah. And I think that's really how you have to look at it is how can I make this experience as enjoyable as possible? I mean, one of the things that I always kept in the back of my mind was that even though he was coming home at 11 o'clock at night, he was still coming home. Um, You know, he wasn't deployed for months at a time. And I did get to see him and have that, you know, security, I guess, that he was safe every single night. Um, And I, I hate to play like that comparison game, but when you're in the thick of it and things seem like it's never going to end and it's so awful, you kind of have to put things into that perspective. Yeah. Perspective is important for a lot of things. Yes. Especially like when you're looking at going into recruiting duty, when you're looking at any type of additional duty like that, you know, the perspective you go in with um, and the perspective you use while you're in that situation is definitely going to change the, change the experience. Yeah. A hundred percent. So hopefully this was informational and hopefully you guys got some good laughs out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like I said, that was just like a, a 40 minute, you know, talk about recruiting duty. I could probably talk about it for hours because it's, you know, trying to pack three years of everything into one small episode is, is hard, but those are the biggest takeaways that I can tell anybody going on recruiting duty. Be supportive, find something to put your focus on, put yourself out there, you know, um, don't be afraid to go and do things. Um, don't sit around and wait and definitely like keep that perspective in the forefront of your mind um, and know that it is going to end. Um, keep a countdown app on your phone and know that <laughs> after three years it will end and things will not ever go back to normal because life in the military is not normal, but <laughs> that part of it will end and you'll look back on it and have probably some pretty great stories to tell. 